I've always been a late bloomer. And by that, I mean a late adopter and adopter bloomer things like technology comes out, it happens. And I am not the first one to go out and buy things. I would never wait in line for anything. I don't even think about it. Uh, let me give you, it, I mean, general examples are, you know, the, the first time I got married, I've only been married once, but I was 33. And I just was like, oh, well, maybe I should do this because it's time to do this. And, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I felt like everybody, you know, I mean, at that point, 33 is kind of a late bloomer. So those kind of, you know, with my jobs and settling down and trying to figure things out, I've always done things, you know, at my own pace, but my pace tends to be a little bit slower. So the most recent, actually, let me back up to a couple years ago, I was uh, teaching middle school and uh, one of my students walked into the classroom and they had these, you know, the, you know, the headphones that you would wear but it was just the piece without the cord in the piece of their headphone was just sticking their ear. And, you know, to myself, this was the last period of the day for a core class. So, you know, you're exhausted. And I looked at the, the kid and I looked at the little ear things. And I was like, that's weird. Why would he cut off the cord? Okay, whatever. Like I didn't even dawn on me that he could be listening to something because how could that even be? There's no cord. And then I found out there's things called AirPods. What? I had no idea. And so, of course, haha, that's funny. How did you not know? How should I know? When I follow, you know, my social media or Facebook or, you know, the things that I look at, it's usually, actually, it's never technology. And it maybe should be, but it never is. Um, so, I didn't notice. Oh, and the other thing, uh, when I moved away from the United States in 2008, I that's the last time I've had an actual, quote, TV where uh, I can watch channels that are being broadcast. So, you know, when I moved overseas, basically I had YouTube. Um, and that was it. And then on a computer, because we didn't, we didn't have a TV. And then I... Um, when I moved back, my parents were like, you need a TV, you need a TV. I'm like, oh, I really don't want a TV, but fine. And I got one that you can watch Netflix and Amazon, so it's super old. At this point, it's just like seven years old. And I had to give my dad a tutorial because when you push the on, you have to wait a real, real, real long time. And like, it's, it's an uncomfortably long time before anything actually happens, but it's going to happen. So you have to be patient and wait. And then every time you push a button, it's that uncomfortable long time. But I just, it, you know, it, it's just not a priority in my life. Don't worry. I just bought more chicks, baby chicks. So I, you know, I'm over there in that corner, but the TV thing. So the point of that is I don't see commercials. So I don't see what's out there and I don't see what's going on. Uh, well, my newest late adoption is Hamilton. I obviously knew that Hamilton was a play about Alexander Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I saw, I did see in the Heights. And when I lived in the Dominican Republic and I saw it um, actually on a really, really, really small venue, a really, really, really small production um, with one of my good friends that works at a museum in Denver. He was one of the actors in the production of In the Heights uh, in Colorado. And it was absolutely incredible. I loved it so much. 
so I knew of Lin-Manuel and then I knew that he had gone on to do this completely sensational, amazing play, hip hop musical about Alexander Hamilton. But number one, it was really expensive to try to go see. The tickets were impossible to get. You had to get on a waiting list or a lottery and all of those things were very off-putting to me. And the other intimidating piece was, I don't know about Alexander Hamilton. I took US history, obviously, uh, but I absolutely hated every moment of it and really don't recall any information from that class. Um, and I'm thinking of my high school 11th grade class. I'm sure I had other pieces of history before that. Um, but I, I really don't even remember anything other than we were, we had a seating chart. My teacher put together a seating chart and creatively enough, it was alphabetical. Uh, yeah. And so with a last name starting with a Y and having ADHD, you end up in the back corner, which is a really bad place for a kid with ADHD to be. Um, I was stubborn enough to pull off a, you know, a grade in the class that was decent but really left with no knowledge of American history. And it, and it definitely has been a frustrating thing, it, you know, as I get older and I talk to people and there's things I should know. Uh, so many of my conversations with my colleagues over the years have been questions like, hey, what about this? What about this? Tell me about this. Tell me your perspective. And I've absolutely loved those conversations because I've learned so much. So one of the other reasons, in addition to cost and anxiety over being on a lottery and not getting the tickets, um, was if I'm going to go see this, I'm not going to understand it because I don't know anything about Alexander Hamilton. And how am I going to keep up? Like I knew that this was like a hip hop musical and I knew that the pace would be fast. And how am I going to even keep, keep up and know what's happening? The other thing I should probably tell you as well is when I watch any show, I watch it with subtitles and it's very strange, but it started when I moved overseas and then, you know, teaching in classrooms. If I was showing a video in English, I was teaching at schools where students spoke English, but it wasn't their native language necessarily. And they would ask, can we have subtitles? And I just started doing that and I love it. I love seeing the words while I'm listening and watching. I don't know. So then the, the fear of I'm going to go to this play and there's no subtitles and I'm not going to understand it. And I don't even know the history anyway. So I just kind of left it, you know, even knowing that it was great and awesome. I never listened to a single soundtrack. I saw interviews with Lin-Manuel on things like Stephen Colbert, um, but I never, you know, thought about watching it. So then, of course, Disney Plus comes out with a recorded version where they pieced together a couple performances. They did a couple of takes where, you know, it was just some actors on the stage and it was free on Disney plus. Well, of course I don't have Disney plus, but my sister does. So last weekend I drove to my parents' house where my sister was and I watched on Saturday, started watching Hamilton and I, my attention span for watching movies is really not that long. Um, I've, always despised movie theaters. I've never liked going. 
Um, and part of it is I feel trapped and there's that claustrophobia and the seats are gross. And so at home, if I'm watching a movie, it's okay that it's on a smaller screen because I can take a break. So halfway through the musical on Saturday, I was like, okay, okay, I need a break. I, I just, I need to take a pause here and I need to do some talking. And my brother-in-law who uh, also is, you know, obsessive about learning things, researched some history about Hamilton and about the scenario and about history to um, to be able to be more knowledgeable. So I was, I was able to ask him questions. We were able to pause. And then the following day, I finished the other half. In the meantime, I started Googling. And I, and I, I knew this whole process would happen, which is why four years ago when it came out, I wasn't ready to invest the time to do the research to watch this, but now I am, right? Like I have no job right now. Um, and I'm, you know, working with my chickens and my my cucumbers and my peppers and getting, you know, the thing about living here is you have to mow three times a week. It's unbelievable. And of course I have acres and acres of land. Uh, aside, now, after seeing the TV part, the, the recorded part, I then said, well, I want the playlist, you know, the, the, the album, the, you know, the songs from this. And my sister goes, well, why don't you do it on Apple Music? And I said, well, what's Apple Music? What? I know. I told you, late adopter. So I said, well, you know, I have my iTunes library from my computer that I got in 2012, but my computer from 2012 is real old and real crappity. And so how do I get that library onto my new, my, my new iPhone 6S that I'm still using? And my sister's like, you don't. I'm like, but wait, that, that's my library, where'd it go? And my brother-in-law said, well, if you don't, that's not, that's, we don't do that. We have Apple Music. You don't need to buy music and download it and record it and put it on a device because most people have unlimited data. I do not. So that was an issue. But you just pay monthly and you get access to music. And I said, you know, I'm going to adopt that. So I went home, signed up for Apple Music, and I played the Hamilton soundtrack. And then I played the Hamilton soundtrack. And then I played the Hamilton soundtrack. I can't even describe to you how my brain won't let it go. I didn't expect that much of, especially because I have been sleeping better. Uh, but last night, seriously, in the middle of the night, can't Scott stop thinking about Hamilton, the soundtrack partially probably because before bed, instead of spending time reading my book, which helps calm me down, I started searching videos. Um, Hamilton, have you ever seen the video where it's wired and it's the Google autofill and the per they put the person's name with Google autofill and whatever the question comes up, that person has to answer about themselves. Well, I, I stumbled upon one um, with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's absolutely awesome. And then I like D Davy Diggs. I didn't know of this person. And now I'm, this person's absolutely amazing, talented, awesome, 
I love the character Lafayette. I love King George. So now I was like, I'm ready to talk about this. And lo and behold, this is old news for people, right? Like everyone in my family had seen the play at least once. I had never. And then now I'm watching the TV show. Obviously no one had seen that because it just came out. But now I'm ready to talk and there's no one to talk to. I'm talking to people, don't worry. But then it reminded me a few years back, I had a student and she, I believe she'll be a sophomore. I lose track after they leave me because it's, ha um, She had gone, she missed school to go see Hamilton and she was obsessed. And I remember thinking, that's awesome. Like, I love that her parents, and I think she, they went to New York was the other thing is, you know, first of all, missing school is really hard. It's hard to catch up. And this was a student that was ridiculously focused as a student. So for her to miss school was really rare. So when it came to like, I'm missing school, I thought, whoa, this is awesome. And then for her to be able to go to New York and see this play live, whoa. And I remember it being so amazing for her and for her coming back and it was great, great, great. And I never, like now I'm sad that I didn't get that opportunity to have this connection and talk to her about it because I want to talk to her about it. So I am catching up and writing letters to my students and, you know, sharing some of the things like every day something happens that reminds me of one of my students that I've had. And I know students tend to think their teachers don't think about them, but we do. We think about you a lot. And some of you I think about more than others. And some of you I think about in very fond, uh, loving ways and in motherly ways. And some of you I'm like, oh, Lord. Uh, So that got me thinking. Alexander Hamilton shows up on the scene at 20. He's a young kid. He's like 19. Okay, this 20-year-old brazen jackass comes in. He's ready to fight, right? Right away, he's ready to fight. So it got me thinking about government. And this was 250 years ago, right? So it's, it's a long time. And yet... That 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid came in as an immigrant and wrote with the founding fathers what our country is built upon today. And what it got me thinking was, I know that back then, right, 250 years ago, the, the life expectancy was shorter. His, unfortunately, was much shortened. Uh, you know, who who even knew there was a burr before uh, the play? I did not. Um, so I'm sitting here, 2020, as an almost 50-year-old, feeling pretty old, right? And yet we live in this culture where young people like, ah, you can't vote when you're 16. You have to wait till you're 18. Ah, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. You know, you're, you're too young for this. You're too young for this. And then you think about our founding fathers, those young bucks of energy. And then you look at where we are today with our elected officials. The fact that the two parties. And so, you know, the whole idea of having two people that only those two two people can be elected, it's asinine, but it really has been around for a long time. I also kind of love the idea that whoever was running against you became your vice president. But then of course, you know, that maybe we would have more fighting and it would be more interesting than the crap that it is. 
But then I thought, here it is, this 20-year-old kid. And our two in-the-running presidents are 80, 80, 8, 0, 80. And I know y'all gonna be like, well, and when you're 80, blah, 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 what about 20? So, oh, and 20 year olds, do you want a 20 year old in top part charge? 80? If you can have an exceptional 80 year old, you can have an exceptional 20 year old. I am not suggesting we lower the presidential requirement to 20 or not required, standard criteria. But I am suggesting that we look at the criteria. I think, what is it? You have to be 35, 36 to even run for president. There's all these freaking stipulations about what we have to do. And the founding fathers with this energy, and again, wisdom, experience brings wisdom. I totally get that. You know, I am way better of a human now than I was at any point previous in my life, including 20 seconds ago. Right now, I'm better than I was then. Right now, I'm older than I'll be. And I'm younger than I'll be as I move forward. It's crazy, right? So th- this idea that we've got perspective, we, we, we understand the significance and insignificance of life as we grow and mature. But 80? I'm sorry. I even, at almost 50, 60? You want a 60-year-old making decisions for our country? What? And again, I tend to be an ageist. That's my other, uh, the other piece of me is, is I, I do judge people on their age. And as I get older, it doesn't become kinder towards older people. I am, I'm smarter than I've ever been because I'm more experienced. But it doesn't mean that a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 30-year-old can't have that old soul. I have met some 25-year-olds that are brilliant old souls, wise beyond their years, based on probably experiences that they've had. You don't, age brings experience, but, but sometimes with age, you don't have any experience. You know, I think about, you know, the people that are in office, their silver spoon lives didn't necessarily give them experiences to run a country of regular people. So you can tell I'm kind of frustrated about this because it just dawned on me, like, I don't, I don't want an 80 year old president. I don't want a 75 year old president. I don't want a 65 year old president. And I know that's ageist. And then I was thinking like this baby boomer population that is, oh, those old people and everybody else and they're, you know, don't tread on my snake and you can't tell me what to do. That's not the future. Y'all gonna die soon. Our future is the students sitting across from me in my classroom. Our future are the kids right now applying for colleges and struggling to make ends meet because our system is so ridiculously skewed 
towards the 1%. Our future is young. We are allowing ancient people. 80 is ancient to me. And I know you might live to 100 and you might even live to 110. I'm thinking I'm 50-ish, 48. And I'm thinking 20 more years is good. So 40, 58, 60, 60, that's a good life, y'all. And I'm not being, you know, uh, what's it called when you're, you know, fatalistic. I'm not being fatalistic about this. See, when you're old, your brain takes more time. That could be a good thing. But I'm impulsive at 48. I'm way more impulsive than young people. I'm way more impulsive than some of my middle school kids. I should not be running anything with power. So it is about an individual person. It's about looking at each individual. And we're really bad at that, right? Because we want to classify and we want to stereotype and want to put people in boxes and white men can rule. And if a woman has strength, she's a bitch. If a woman, and this is happening in my life right now, one of the people I know, she has a little girl and her little girl says, no, do this, do this. She's advocating for herself. And guess what people call her? Bossy. Oh, hell to the no. She ain't bossy. She's an advocator. She is standing up for herself. Little boy doing that. Oh, look how in charge he is. Y'all can suck it with that gender stereotype. We need to look. And, and so part of... Um, you know, my reflecting and my thinking is every time I make a podcast, every time I share my thoughts, every time I have conversation, because this sparks conversation with people, I grow and I evolve. And my goal is to grow and evolve into a better person. Of course, better being, you know, a perspective of what you think is better. My better is to be more compassionate and more empathetic and more altruistic and um, to worry less about things that don't matter uh, and to manage my anxiety and depression so that I can wake up every day and go out in the world with positive energy. And that is a struggle every single moment. So I get heated. I get heated about things that are happening. If you'd like to talk about Hamilton, I would love to share. I would love to talk. I would love for you to tell me things that you've learned. Um, one of the questions I had uh, was, whatever happened to Peggy Schuyler? The Schuyler sisters and good thing about subtitles. Oh, so when I watched Hamilton, I watched with subtitles. Uh, then you can spell Schuyler. Your brain can go, oh, that's how you say Schuyler, the Schuyler sisters. Peggy, it's like, well, what happened to her? They mentioned her in the name of Bridget Grant. Oh, she died in real life. So that was kind of cool and interesting. And oh, so I, the backstory is uh, something I'd like to learn more about. And if uh, you'd like to share what you know and have a conversation, I would love to hear from you. It was great talking. It was great for you to listen. I will talk to you soon.